We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, <coughs> excuse me. It's another Panther Rants podcast with your host, Blood Harris. Well, last night Pit Hoops had a game. And what's amazing about this is that for once, this team actually looked like a college basketball team for once, at least an ACC team. They start out a sl- they start out slow, of course. They were down 17-6 early, but then they just went on a tear for most for the rest of that first half, and for about a good maybe 15 minutes of the second half. I mean, they looked like an actual basketball team, and they, they could play in the ACC. And sure, it's NC State. They're not that good. But still, Pitt led for most of the game up until the final minutes. And we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, for most of that first half, a good part of the second half. The second half you knew it was going to be tough because you knew that NC State was going to turn up the intensity. And in some parts, Pitt did respond. When NC State, when you thought NC State was going to close the gap, Pitt would respond back by getting you know, by forcing mainly by forcing turnovers, getting shots. But um, down the stretch, it dried up. You know, Parker Stewart only had like two points this time, and Pitt's two top scores were Wilson Frame with twenty-two and. Sham Stevens doing 11. Marcus Carr at 9, and he's been, lately he's been struggling. Actually, a lot of these guys have been. What I can credit Marcus Carr for is he was driving the basket. I mean, that's, I mean, he seems to be really good at it. It's just getting the shots down when he uh, does it has been the problem. I thought he was going to go for 30 last night, and it looked like it at one point. He had 22, and I, and I tweeted, Wilson Frame may go for 30, and it didn't happen. Not to mention he was pulling the final two minutes of the game, and which pissed us Which, you know, I don't think it pissed a lot of us off. It's just a reaction from the, you know, from Coach Stallings in the press conference, where he didn't know why he pulled, he, he pulled him. Although it's pretty obvious why he did. He was making some bad shots at the end. He took some bad ones. 
it just uh for me I don't see why when Pitt was down why they had to keep shooting threes go for the two get the two drop to the basket draw the foul and if there's one thing that um, the tell the two halves showed is first half Pitt was able to get to the line early they were actually in the bonus early second half I don't think they were in the bonus at all if it was it was very late in the half but uh, you know inside I mean it, NC State had no answers for Pitt at one point Pitt was getting Pitt was driving driving in the lane and if they got the shot they got if not they passed it off to the next man and he was able to put it in especially on defense since he still had no answers at one point Pitt was forcing turnovers on the 2-3 zone I mean they were just getting better defense especially around the perimeter they were forcing turnovers second half though they were still doing it but late it just seemed like they weren't you know it's, it was the equivalent of you know football where you, can't, where you can't get your defense off the field. They couldn't get the you know they couldn't get up, get out from uh, defending the the basket pretty much. And of course that moving screen loomed pretty large and was the big you know big difference. It pretty much set the tone for the rest of the remainder of the game. But. Uh, but it was a disappointing ending, and you know, at least they get. They, I mean, this time they get blown out. They just found a creative way to lose a basketball game. And really, what happened was, with about four or five minutes left, the old Pit Panthers showed up. They're the ones we we've been watching. I should say old. I should say pretty much the new Pit Panthers. You know, the ones that we've watched all conference play. Those are the ones that showed up. They were making bad passes, bad shots, bad decisions. Guys were open on the other side of the floor, nailing shots. Everything. It was pretty much like in like in Bad News Bears, where there was a uh, scene where the uh, if I remember correctly. Well, first of all. They had it, and I guess I think it was where they recruited that kid. I forget the heck his name was, but basically he was the kid who rode the mo- who rode the who rode the dirt bike and smoked the cigarettes. But he was a really good athlete. It was where when the pitcher was in the jam, and they had the, the bad news bears had the lead, and the other team hits the ball to the kid in the outfield who can't throw and every time he picked the ball up and tried to throw it the ball fell out of his hands and I think it took several tries before he actually got a throw by that time I believe their team you know had you know had the game or had the game won pretty much
that was pretty much what it was like watching it. Obviously, coaching the league was was pretty much new to the uh, staff as well because they didn't know how to handle it. At the in the end, I mean, it just whatever it was from the coaching staff down to the players, that pit that pit team we knew and we know we just love just showed up and reared their ugly heads, and that was it. I mean, are there any positives in this game? The only positive is, is for most of the game, they actually look like an actual ACC team. At the, you know, at the end of the day, it's just another loss in the column. And, of course, more fans, you know, more and more fans disinterested, obviously. But, at least the fans' attendance got to see an entertaining game. Same with the students, as they try to make as much noise as possible. You can't. It's hard to do when you're when you have two thousand in attendance. I mean, I'm curious what happened when the season tickets for the Pete. I mean, did they? Sell, I mean, is there still wing list, or I have to look and see if there is actually a wing list for season tickets for Pit Hoops. There may not be. Um, there may not be a waiting list anymore if a lot of them are give, probably giving them up, which I'm sure they are. I remember I um, almost got season tickets. Ooh, almost see, almost witnessed the wreck. Witness a wreck. When the P opened, I should buy season tickets, but I didn't at the time, and probably should have. Even if I didn't go to the games, I could have sold them, made an investment. I know pretty much that's what my family does with the Steelers season tickets. Now that I'm no longer there, they just sell them and yeah, get get extra money. But it's funny because uh, they don't hawk them for that much. Yeah, they. I mean, they uh, the face value of the tickets is about hundred bucks. They um, they add they just sell them for fifty extra to whoever. So it's like three hundred dollars for for a pair of tickets. It's weird because I remember um, when I was at, when I used to go to the games with friends with my dad in the late late 80s, up all through the 90s. The face value of our tickets was like about $35 each ticket. When we got the Heinz, the face value was $45. I mean, we were in the end zone. We're, we're in the end zone in the front row where you could pretty much talk to the players from the opposing team. You know, a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I've been in some, I've been, I've been on TV a bunch of times. I'm in some publications where you can see me. But uh, when we were at the went to Heinz, I mean, the face value of the tickets were about between forty five to maybe forty five fifty five. I think. I think they were fifty when we first got the Heinz. But I remember when Ben Roethlisberger got his contract extension. Our tickets went up to, to 75. And I remember a lot of people got really, especially, last, I want to say a lot of people, a lot of season ticket holders got really pissed off because their tickets went up. Which is obvious because if you're going to pay these players, you got to raise the, you got to jack the prices up. Although you can make an argument that the owners make enough money that they don't have to raise prices. 
but eventually, if there's some down years and people were to start buying tickets, there's not much interest. It does make it hard. But I mean, this is a time when if you want to buy, if you can buy pit hoops tickets, buy them now, secure them, and as they say, buy low, sell high. But the students, you know, I mean, you can see they generated noise and they did all they could. And again, it just is what it is. It's it's a bad team, and you don't you're not going to expect you know a lot of people to show up. And I, I mean, like I said before, I know the players quote unquote deserve better support. But you know what? If your product isn't good, no one's going to show up to it unless it's the Pirates. Well, like I said before, Pirates have those promos, all kind of stuff. Dollar hot dog and drink, bobbleheads, fireworks. Plus, you get the day at the beautiful ballpark with the skyline. and just makes you want to go to a game, doesn't it? That green grass, that wall, just so nice. Which, you know, with the Pirates, you know, winning is just a bonus. But for the most part, you're getting a bang for your buck. It's just winning is an optional bonus. So, moving on. Pitt football, obviously, going through some changes right now. They, uh, they're they not retaining their offensive line coach, Peterson. Which is kind of odd that he's not coming back. I thought the offensive line did well for the most part under him. This past year, though, wasn't all that good, and I'm not sure why he's not being retained unless he's got a job elsewhere. Maybe he's going to go work for Urban. Who knows? Where the opportunities lie. Excuse me. So, last year we had to, we had to replace the defensive line coach and the offensive coordinator because, you know, you know Thomas Sims obviously wasn't good enough. I'm, and I'm being, I mean that sarcastically because he was one of my favorite coaches and I think he had the, the D-line did pretty well under him. But Charlie Partridge has, you know, is a good, really good coach too and he has an edge to him. He can recruit as well. He can get into Florida and recruit. So you got that. And of course we had Sean Watson come, you know, brought in as well, Narduzzi's mentor, so I don't know, so this year we're replacing, we had the, we replaced the defensive coordinator and the O-line coach, whereas last year we replaced the uh, offensive coordinator and a D-line coach, interesting, huh, so, not sure where else go, where we go from here. Just have to wait and see what the other, you know, what the staff does, what the one, what Narduzzi wants to do. And he said there there'd be shakeup as, you know, shakeup as the staffs if they had to. So we'll see. Now moving on. Uh, 
obviously the Pittsburgh media is having their own little uh, Twitter war. A lot of drama. There's obviously a dead spin article coming out about Dejan Kovacevic. And I guess there's some more dirty launch to be aired out in regards to his site and what he, you know, to, of course to him. I mean, from, for one thing, he was protecting his tweets and and blocking people. So I'm not exactly sure what's going down. All I know is we're all waiting for the article to come out, and it's good, and who knows when it comes out. But obviously, there's more text messages to be sent out. And I've, you know, I've read some of the stuff with Dejon, and and obviously his concept was really good, and, it, and it's really worked out well for him because. He obviously had an audience, and basically what you do is you create your site for your audience. I mean, he was really good at what he—I mean, he was really good at what he did. You know, Pittsburgh still is. Wrote great columns, did you know, great coverage of stuff. And you know, it's to me he seemed like a generally a nice guy or whatever. You know, you know, just a nice cool, laid-back Ginzer guy who drinks Starbucks. But, of course, now we're, no, we're, we're noticing that ever since you know, his site has started, started and it's gone bigger. And, obviously, he's maybe got a little too full of himself, ego-wise, and obviously he's rubbed people the wrong way and pissed a lot of people off. I mean, I went to the first hand when somebody mentioned that uh, you can read his website by using incognito windows. In which he got pissed off at the person. I replied back with an LOL, laughing about it to the person's post. Dejan not only blocked that person, he blocked me as well, which I thought was odd. And supposedly on Twitter, he has some behavior of blocking people or following and unfollowing them, if, if, especially if they're not um, following him. If they unfollow him, he'll follow them and unfollow them. Obviously, it's some t- some sort of creeper type thing he's been doing, and I guess uh, one of his employees that he hired, a female hockey writer, he didn't seem too crazy about. And obviously, it seemed like he never gave her a chance, as well. And of course, there's more and more to come out from all this. And yeah, you can you can say that his you know as, as more money, more prowess comes, there comes your uh, ego. Not to mention not to mention the employee um, the employee turnover. He's had a lot of people come and go from his uh, website. Some some of the guys left for bigger opportunities because what happens is with, with with his concept is you got a bunch of other guys from like ESPN, Yahoo, CBS Sports, NBC. They're good, really good what they do. So what they what they do is they form their own publications and they 
attract your audiences. So they're basically doing the same thing as well. They're taking his writers. And he he obviously admits he's not been been the best boss. And I can tell just by from that, you know, from the person he uh you know fired him, tried to blackball her. When you when you own a company and you're a boss, you gotta manage your people. And probably in the case of uh sports writing writing in general, just sports writing, I mean it's a it's a form of art in a way. It actually is a form of art. But you have to you have to motivate, coach, manage, and inspire your your staff. You don't uh, have them write articles, and of course, then of course, piss all over them. Which is what some managers do. They just you know, rather than inspire you and coach, do all this stuff. They just piss on your work. It doesn't matter if you're right or not. You could be putting you know, an engineer or whatever accountant if you have a great method or way of doing things management sometimes manager pisses on it well this is the way I like it this is my 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 company my stamp of approval and that's another thing when you have a small company and I worked for a small company before you know it's, it was mom and pop you know the benefits are pretty decent I mean there was there was bonuses and profit sharing which was cool. Although I only got the, although I only got to um, experience the bonus of profit sharing for one year. My first year, you had, you had the, the rule was you had to work there for at least a year. And I, my, you know, I didn't make it to a year, you know, before the first review review was done. And obviously, I didn't get a raise, but I did get a thousand dollars in bonus money they gave me. But then uh, the next year, I got you know a raise, and I got five thousand dollars in bonuses. I got you know a three thousand dollar bonus, and a two, I think it was two thousand dollars, two thousand dollar bonus, and three thousand in profit sharing. And pretty much the profit sharing is whatever the the owner wants to share with us, how much money they're making. And the way it worked was. Upper management gets all the big bonuses, and we just get whatever's left. And in the case of me, what happened to me was when I got let go from you know the company, we didn't have a good profit year. In fact, we made a profit, just wasn't big enough. And of course, management made the decision to eat their bonuses and let them let the workers have them and let them have raises too and what happened in terms of that what happened was they had to cut workers from each department one, one person for each department had to go sometimes two so I was one of them so say for example you're cutting a uh, you have to cut one for each department. So, I was an I was in the analyst group. There was analyst support, uh, development, QC, 
so they had four departments there. So they cut out, they, they cut four salaries. And I think they probably cut about three thousand, three hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in salaries. I'd have to, I'd have to estimate. Anyway, they may have cut more than that. I'm not sure who else they cut, but it was they, they at least saved three hundred grand. So, for, for, so whatever, whatever bonus money they lost out on, they they made up for it by just by cutting people, you know, cutting jobs. You know, personally, if I was the company, <clears throat> I probably would just ate the bonuses and just ate them. And probably invest in the workforce because the end of the day is if you're going if you're on a downhill slide you got to invest in your employees especially if they they're specialized in what you're you know what your company does because you can go you can go out and find somebody that's specialized to replace them eventually but <clears throat> they're not going to come cheap especially in the, you know, the medical software field You know, at the time they got me because I was cheap and I didn't have, um, I came cheap because I didn't have much experience in medical software. So they can, they knew, they knew I was going to be able to put it, put in the work and learn, learn, learn all of it, which I did. And it worked out for me after, you know, after being unemployed, it ended up working out for me because I ended up getting a job making a lot, you know, a lot more money than I ever did at the other company. Crazy how that works. But that's one thing about working for a small company. That we didn't have an HR at the time. Eventually, we did. We we, we had we, we used uh, Zenefits, is what it's called, which is pretty much an outsourced HR. But um, that's another thing. When you when your company lacks an HR department, the HR is pretty much management. So if you got an issue. Especially if it's with man, with a manager, they're they're the HR, so you're screwed no matter what. You've got really no outlet to go to, other than just to quit your job or be fired. Because whatever whatever type of uh, environment that, you know, it's being created at work isn't going to get better because management obviously isn't going to listen to you anyway. So. For a person who got let go, this was a really option. And people say you shouldn't air out what you know what's you shouldn't air out your dirty laundry with your employer. True. But in this case, she had no choice. There's no HR. I don't think there's any HR at you know, a DK site. There probably isn't. So what is she gonna do? She's got to make it known. I mean, there's other... I mean, uh, in her case, this is what she had to do. Whereas in our case, we have we have tools like Glassdoor or Indeed.com where we can, we can post employee reviews. And of course, if you're going to apply for a job, you have an interview, you can look them up on Glassdoor and you can um, read the company reviews of what other employees are saying, current and former... And plus, they have they list the salaries and benefits as well, so you may you may find out how much you're going to make at this place. But obviously, Dejan's making a good you know good move 
getting himself out of the whole management thing because he's not he's not for it. He just has to have somebody else do it. It's probably better that way. And of course, in terms of running a site, he just you know, obviously he got he got to start off the ground. It's just maintaining it was an issue. So that's why he's had to do what he's did to do. In the end, though, he gets to write his columns. So that's really what he's good at and let somebody else handle it. And as we wrap up here, Eagles and Patriots of Super Bowl, as we speak of Pittsburgh media, there seems to be a lot of butthurt with the Pittsburgh media, with the, with the Eagles being the Super Bowl. Maybe it's because the Philly media is getting all the attention and they're, they're, they're getting to write all the columns and do all the coverage. The city's getting all the all the uh, attention as well. I mean, good Lord. I mean, it's just a bunch of spoiled brats. You guys want the three Super Bowls. Some of you probably more than that. And you're, and you're upset that Philadelphia is getting all the attention. And the Eagles and their horrible fans. I hate to break it to you people, but we got bad fans too in Pittsburgh. That's the problem. We're so quick to uh, point out Philadelphia's problems, fan base wise. But Pittsburgh's the drunken uncle who who doesn't who feels that uh, they don't have a problem. No, I have a problem. It's someone else. That's the thing. At least Philly knows they can acknowledge they, their fan base issues. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, we can't. We're the drunken uncle who uh, has a drinking problem but just doesn't want to doesn't want to confront it. But as far as the game goes, right now, it's hard to say. It's early yet. Although I think New England's going to pull it off. Right now, this show, initially, right now, I like New England. And what's not to say, you know, they've they've been there many times. And Eagles obviously have that great defense. They destroyed, you know, Case Keenum. But if it's, if the game was played this Sunday, I would like the Eagles. But right now, as two weeks go by, it's hard to say who. But anyways, I'm surprised I got 30 minutes on this podcast. And um. I'll let you guys go. Hell in a pit. Bye.